Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free ebooks, visit assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I am Gage Jordan, a intern at Christ Church Conway in Conway, Arkansas, and seminary student. Well, Gage, this is episode three, and it's been very exciting. We've already, uh, I think you said 100 downloads already, just in about a week of having the podcast out there. So I, I'm, I'm super encouraged by the feedback we've been getting from folks. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Uh, yeah, we, de- we hit a hundred downloads actually surpassed that, uh, yesterday. And I've already um, gotten messages from people kind of all, all over the country, uh, listening and, um, asking, you know, when are you guys going to cover this topic or even fellow podcasters that have been encouraged about how things are, jumping off and asking about how we're doing what we're doing and what music we use and all that fun stuff so it's it's cool to be a part of the community and definitely it's uh great to be of service uh to our listeners yeah i uh i wanted to 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 before we get into what we're going to talk about today i wanted to kind of do a little bit of housekeeping and, and respond to something that we got from a podcast listener uh ryan who said you said something that sounds right but maybe isn't right and what he said was you said that you think that assurance of pardon in your liturgy that the assurance of pardon is the most important part of the liturgy is that right i mean he goes on to say wouldn't it be the preached word are you saying the preached word is not the most important thing so i want to address that a little bit and then i'll kind of give give my thoughts on that because i want to make sure that we're clear Assurance of pardon is obviously super important. That's why we've named this podcast that. And one of the reasons that we are saying it is so important and supremely important is because when it is missing, when it is removed from the liturgy, uh, it does not lead us into the sermon in the right frame of mind. Uh, what we what we want is the reason we want believers in Christ to be assured of their pardon is so that everything else, as we talk about this call to obedience, as we open God's word and bring it to bear on the people, it is all comes to us out of our identity in Christ. We belong to Jesus. He has fully and completely reconciled us to himself. And the assurance of pardon is the place, one of the chief places in our in a church service where we are reminded of that again. So it's not that assurance of pardon is, uh, in one sense, more important than the preached word. The preached word is the preached word. Of course, it is supremely important. And the 
uh, and it's the means that God uses to 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 grow us. Uh, but it is so important when it is it, when it is uh, when it's missed. So you definitely need it in there to put the rest of the the service in the right context and put the believers in the right frame of mind. What do you say, Gage? Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I would even argue that when when liturgy uh, is done correctly um, and the order of worship um, is put together. Um, in the right manner, every aspect of the liturgy really points us to the finished work of Christ, right? But as the liturgy progresses, um, you start out with a big view of who God is, and um, in light of who he is, you understand who you are, and who you are is a sinner desperately in need of a Savior. Um, And it's really honestly not until the assurance of pardon that we hear, hey, because of what Christ has done, this is true for you. Um, cause out, outside of that, um, or a, a lack of assurance of pardon, you're, you're left kind of wondering, well, is there something I have to do? Is there something that still needs to be done? Is there some sort of box I need to check? Um, and I think that's why we spent so much time last episode really pushing why we need a liturgy and why we think, um, as Presbyterians and in, in the Reform camp, we're saying something that's distinctly different than uh, maybe what you hear on Sundays, in, especially in Southern evangelicalism. Um, you know, we, we exist in this context, so I can't speak for everybody everywhere across the country, but I do know a, a lot of times, you know, just from conversations I have with friends um, that go to church, this isn't what they're hearing. And so when you say things like the assurance of pardon is the most important thing, you know, you have uh, friends that'll go. I think I agree with you, but I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe assess that out, and it's because um, they may or may not be hearing um, from the pulpit on Sundays that um, the rest that you have is in Jesus. It's not in your good works. It's not in you being um, assured of the one time that you walked down the aisle and prayed the prayer, or whatever the case may be, that they're charging you towards your your assurance lies solely in the finished work of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this week we're going to, we're going to tackle uh, another topic. And by the way, Ryan, thank you for your, thank you for your question and for giving us the chance to clarify and elaborate a little bit. I hope that was clear and helpful. And if it wasn't, uh, let us know. Uh, and if anybody else has another, has a question or would like some clarification on some of these things, uh, reach out to us through our website, through our Facebook group, uh, and let us know. We would love to. We want to. We we are doing this because we want to be clear about the gospel. We want to make sure that this is uh, that we're not just talking inside baseball, but that people outside of our our theological camp are tracking with us and that they understand what we're saying. What I want to what I want to mention today is that there's another means, and we're going out of order. We're going to tackle each of these liturgical elements. We're going to spend an episode talking about um, uh, uh, the call to worship and about confession of sin, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the preached word, and we're going to talk about the benediction. But we're we're not necessarily going to follow a liturgical order. We're gonna we're gonna do these in whatever order we we decide to, and. The re- this week we're going to talk about another thing that is so neglected in churches today, but that serves as also an assurance of our pardon, and that is the Lord's Supper. Gage, I don't know about you, but I grew up in, in a tradition that 
uh, for a, a period of my life as a, as a young guy, I was Methodist and we did it once a month. Uh, and then mm-hmm. after that, mm-hmm. I moved into broader evangelicalism and we did the Lord's Supper once a quarter. Sparing. Yeah. Yeah. Once a quarter at the most. What about you? Yeah, so I I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, and so it was uh, once a quarter, right? Or uh, maybe it's uh, Christmas and Easter, even depending on um, kind of the outline of your church. Uh, and then uh, when I came here to Conway and um, went to CBC for undergrad, uh, they were part of the BMA, and and they um, because they take a closed communion viewpoint, and we'll, we can get into that if we want to. Um, they would do it like on a Sunday night and they would um, send an email or put it in the bulletin, especially for only church members. And it was kind of a set to the side uh, on occasion thing. Um, And really kind of all that uh, comes down to, um, and where I think maybe we need to start is explaining the difference of how we view things, what, what we mean as means of grace versus um, our our Baptist brothers and sisters and broader evangelicalism that maybe would see it as a memorial meal. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Scott? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our, in, in broader evangelicalism and in uh, the Baptist context, they would they hold a view of the Lord's Supper that's typically called a m- memorial view. And that is to say that the, the purpose of the Supper is, is entirely... A, a, as a remembrance and they're, they're drawing that from Jesus saying, do this in remembrance of me, that it is, uh, uh only, uh, uh, for us to remember, we might say eating and drinking to the memory of an absent friend. Um, we think that that, we think that that view is actually uh, anemic. We think that there's so much more going on in the Lord's supper. And, and that when we get that, when we understand what it is, um, we we want to partake of it more frequently we want to partake of it more frequently and so what we hold is that in the in the lord's supper it is first and foremost that it is given to us as a sign of the of our union or our covenant relationship with jesus and, and gage uh i will often explain it this way this meal is given to us as a sign of christ's faithfulness to us and a sign of what he has done for us. You see, a sign is, if you think about it, a sign is a small visible thing that points to or testifies to the reality of a larger invisible thing. I'll mm-hmm. say when you That's see a sign that, that says, when you see a sign that says icy bridge, the sign is not an icy bridge. The sign is testifying to the fact that there is an icy bridge and you might not be able to see it. So right. the sign is 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 helping us because it's communicating something to us that we might not otherwise see, and the Lord's Supper and baptism are signs of something that point beyond themselves, right? And and what they exist to do is they exist to point us to the gospel, to point us to the finished work of Jesus and how we are united to Him. So often I will I will run into people who will say, uh, you know, I actually was a little extra sinful this week, so I probably should sit this one out. I shouldn't mm-hmm. take the mm-hmm. supper because I was not. Yep. Uh, I I struggled with my sin too much this week. Uh, why is that a Why is that a bad way to view this? Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's because and and you'll, you'll hear 
Um, my pastor, Kevin Hale, say this uh, almost on a weekly basis. Um, not We shouldn't let the failures of, of our Christian life and our weakness of our faith keep us from the table. The table is given to us because it's meant to strengthen us, right? The 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 Word of God um, is given to us to proclaim faith and, and to grow faith in us. Um, the the supper and really the supper and baptism both are, are signs that point to reality, but they're not growing faith, they're strengthening uh, your faith. So here the, the supper reminds you again and again, it isn't your ability to keep it together, it isn't your ability to always do what's right or white knuckle your way into salvation. You're forced to come to the table, and this is one major argument for why you should do it weekly. Um, come to the table and be reminded again and again, hey, the only hope I have here is this shed blood and broken body of Christ. Amen. Amen. When when you say when you say something like, I'm not going to partake of the supper because I'm a little extra, I was a little extra sinful this week, you're turning it not into a meal in which Jesus feeds us and ministers to us and reminds us of his faithfulness. You're turning it into a cookie for good behavior, that it's right. a reward I get for how good I was this week. And that 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 could be fur- that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. This meal is given to us because God knows our tendency to forget his faithfulness to every week to take our eyes off of Jesus body broken for you, Jesus blood shed for you and fix it on something else, namely our own obedience, our own our own success or lack thereof. And so this this t- supper serves to assure us of our pardon, because if we fix our eyes on ourselves, we are always going to be led into despair. And so God loves us enough that he knows how prone we are to forget his uh, his kindness and his graciousness and his faithfulness to us. So he gives us this these signs. Yeah, I mean, Luke, Luke 15 uh, the religious leaders are angry with Jesus because um, he um, eats with sinners and receives them, right? Um, and, and thank God that he does because that's exactly what's happening every single week. We think it's more than just remembering what Jesus did. I think that's important, but it's actually believing that um, in this meal, we are communion with Christ. There's a, there's a participation in the body, as it talks about in 1 Corinthians 10. We believe that in this moment, despite our shortcomings, despite our lack of faith, despite our, our constant unbelief, um, that Jesus is receiving and eating with sinners. And that's the greatest news in the world. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about some other views that other traditions have of the table um one that the on the far end would be our our friends in the roman catholic church they hold to a view called transubstantiation and transubstantiation uh trans meaning to turn into right a transformer is a car that turns into a robot uh and so trans and then substantiation the substance so that they are holding that the substance changes that it's no longer bread and it's no longer wine but that it has become, in the supper, it has become the the body and blood of Jesus. 
uh, and we would say that's really problematic uh, because Jesus has a physical body and he is bodily resurrected and ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so that's where Jesus is right now. And so he is physically present and so he cannot be, as sometimes we would say, corporally, his, his, his body corporally present on this table. And so uh, Luther uh, struggled with that and said, he, he said, well, it's still bread and it's still wine, but it is also in, with, and under the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so that, that view is, is often nicknamed consubstantiation, con meaning with. So the, mm-hmm. the, the body and blood of Jesus is, is with the substance that is the bread and the wine. And we would say, I appreciate that. I appreciate your your desire to um, make sense of what's going on there, but um, but I, I there's Jesus has a physical body. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, mm-hmm. and so we can't get away with that. So we hold that Jesus is spiritually present. So talk a little bit about, about how that works. So. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, I referenced that earlier, talks about communion um, leading into Paul um, kind of giving us what we often use as the, the, the setting of the table information, right? On the, on the night that Jesus uh, was betrayed, he broke bread, right? That, that passage in 11. Before that, he talks about communion because he's talking to a church who um, honestly was doing some pretty jacked up things they were basically throwing a drunk drunken party and calling it communion um and they were ostracizing certain people and so paul um lovingly walking with the the corinthians um talks about what communion actually should be and in chapter 10 he says you're actually participating you're communing you're in a relationship you're sharing a meal with your savior in this moment right this is why it's more than a memorial so when we talk about Jesus being spiritually present. We're not saying you're literally eating Jesus and you're literally drinking Jesus. It's not some sort of transformation that happens in you. And it's also not something where um, you are, if you eat this uh, cracker and drink this glass of wine, you're automatically um, saved. But um, it is, in a real sense, Jesus is still present. It's a a means of grace. It's... um, something that has been instituted and given to us by Jesus to communicate grace to us because we're um, sitting, come to the table and we're reminded, Hey, it's his, his shed blood and broken body for you. Amen. We, we, um, uh, and, and we come to the table with that. I, I, I will share with you an illustration. I, I use sometimes uh, uh, when we take the supper together, I will say, if you've ever invited somebody over to your house for dinner, there's a little bit of a, a liturgy that we will do uh, in in inviting somebody to our house. You might call them and say, hey, my wife and I would love to have you uh, come over for supper. And the person will, if they are polite, they will say, sure, what can I bring? And you say, oh, well, you know, we're making lasagna. Why don't you bring a, a bottle of red wine? Or we're going to cook out in the backyard. Why don't you bring a, some sort of dessert? Um, but if you ever invite someone to your home who is weary, if you ever invite someone to your home because you know they need um, to be fed and they've had a hard week, if you invite somebody like that to your home, when they accept and when they say, 
what can I bring? If you're a good friend, you're going to say, don't bring anything. Yeah. Just just bring your just bring your 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 weariness and your appetite and come and let us feed you. Well, the Lord's Supper is exactly that. It's not a potluck made better by something that we contribute. Uh, there is, we would say, just like the hymn says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. It's a, it's a means by which we come and God reminds us of his promises to us. He ministers to us. It's for hungry people. It's for people who don't have what they need and and we and so we take it every week but one of the one of yeah. the 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 pushback that we hear from some of our friends in the evangelical world is they'll say oh i agree with everything that you're saying but we don't want the lord's supper to lose its specialness and i fear that if we did it every week it would lose its specialness right. uh and so why why is why is that uh an understandable argument but not a good argument. Yeah. So, and, and actually um, I'm glad we got into this. Uh, A good buddy of mine uh, that I went to undergrad with Dr. Zeb Ballantyne actually said, Hey, let me know when you guys get to communion. Cause I want to, want to hear your thoughts on why you should, you should take it weekly. I think he's processing through some things. uh, So shout out to Zeb here. We're about to answer your question. Um, I, if you look at it as a remembrance, then yeah, it's it's something you should do special, like Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter lunch. Um, but if you're looking at it as a means of grace, meaning that, that we believe when we talk about the means of grace, there are things that are corporate gathering, our covenant renewing ceremony, the, the church service uh, should have every week. It should have the preached word every single week. Uh, if someone gets up and gives you a TED talk, that's not nourishing to your soul, and that's not the authoritative, inspired word of God. Um, but it, it 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 should also have not only the word of God; it should have prayer. Uh, and then the other means of grace that it should have are the sacraments, meaning that these are the means; these are the things that the Lord has given to us to strengthen our faith. And if that's the, these are the things that the Lord has given us to strengthen our faith and, and put our, our eyes back on him because we've had them on our status or our money or our job or our kids or our marriage or how, ma- how many downloads we have on a podcast or whatever thing we want to try to um, put our um, hope, identity, and security in that week. Uh, we need to fix our eyes again. We need these means that communicates the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to us. And if that's true, I need it every week because I'm going to walk right. out the door and I'm going to forget again. Right? I, when you know, we actually stayed with some friends um, for a little bit uh, this past year while after our house had caught on fire, and um, they are uh, cattle farmers. And they also, when they were kids, were at home, um, they would show um, animals, show cows, show sheep. And uh, one of the the things that our friends talked about with sheep is, you know, with a cow, they could show them how how to stand and how to present and everything that you would have to do 
at these different contests and, and different fairs. You show a cow one time, boom, they do it. Um, but uh, they said with a sheep, you would have to do it every single day as if you had never shown them how to, how to um, present themselves at the fair at all. And there's a reason that scripture time and time again, when God's talking to his people, he refers to us as sheep because we're that forgetful. And so we, That's right. we, we absolutely need to be reminded as if we weren't told yesterday, right? Um, so that's why you need it every week. That's why it's more than just um, a memorial. And that's why I'm, I'm not worried that it's going to lose its, its specialness because the gospel doesn't lose its, its specialness, right? Every single week right. I need to hear that I have nothing to bring, that I am a broken sinner desperately in need of a savior and the only hope i have is that jesus is going to break his body and shed his blood for me not because i'm good not because i get it right not because i vote a certain way or whatever the the thing you want to hang your hat on but simply because he loves us and and that's what i need and that's why you have to do it every week Amen. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I, I used to think that that, uh, but he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They will be filled. And I used to think that somebody who hungers and thirsts for righteousness was just this person who kind of was always gobbling up righteous deeds, this sort of righteousness Pac-Man. And yet Jesus says, um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And you have to ask yourself, well, what does it mean to hunger and thirst? Well, to hunger and thirst is to have a groaning recognition of your lack, is right. to have a groaning recognition of your emptiness. And so if you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you're recognizing, I don't have any righteousness. Yep. I don't have it. My tank is damnably low and I need to be filled. And so Jesus says, the good news of the gospel is that people who have a groaning recognition of their emptiness are going to be filled. And so that's, a, that's why we do the supper every single week is because in the supper, God is pleased to use these common elements of bread and wine to show us our emptiness and his kindness. And can it, can it grow uh, rote? Could it lose its specialness? Well, anything can, but we 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 pray that it that we don't let that happen. Right. And we also say it's not that it's going to lose it if that if we don't do it if we do it too much it'll lose its specialness. Rather, we say it is special. It is special. God really is meeting with us here. God really is doing something for us here because it's special. We want to do it frequently. Yeah. The uh, so. the the confession. Um, that we hold to the Westminster Confession of Faith, the shorter catechism, um, asks the question, um, what's a sacrament, right? And it says a sacrament is a holy ordinance instituted by God, where by a sensible sign, Christ and the benefits of the new covenant are represented, sealed, and applied to believers. Um, so we, we, that's all we need it every week, because we, we need... To be um, need Christ to be represented before us, we need to be reminded that we are sealed um, by His broken body and shed blood alone, um, and then we need to be reminded that the blessings of the new covenant are ours because of what Jesus has done. Amen. We need it, and we need it week after week, day after day, 
And so that's why we're banging this drum. Assurance of pardon. It serves, this supper serves week after week after the preached word as a way to, in another way, assure us of our pardon because of Jesus, because it takes our eyes off of ourselves and onto Jesus. Gage, I think that's all the time we have for today. Tell folks uh, how they can learn more about us, how they can connect with us. Yeah, so uh, we uh, are officially um, live in and on as many platforms as we we know. Uh, You should be able to find us um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, um, and and various other platforms. If for some reason uh, we aren't showing up on the platform that you use, would you please shoot us a message either on Facebook or, or Twitter or some other social media platform where you see us? We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, or, or shoot us um, a message on our website. You can actually go to assuranceofpardon.com. The website is also live. Um, and interact with us and let us know, hey, it, I didn't see it on this platform. This is where I normally listen to podcasts. And we'll do what, uh, the best we can to get it there. Uh, n- another thing I would love to put on um, people's radar is um, we hope this is a ministry to you. We hope that this um, is encouraging to you. Uh, it does require a little bit of overhead, right? We we have some cost when it comes to hosting and domains and websites and and social media and kind of getting the word out and and then um overhead that goes into putting these recordings together um so if you uh feel so led we we would love to invite you to partner with us um, financially and helping cover those costs absolutely absolutely um and and if if something we have said has been uh, has ministered to you please consider sharing this with your friends on social media uh rate comment subscribe and we look forward to hearing from to talking to you again on assurance of pardon god bless mm-hmm.